Let's pray together. Father, I ask for your help now to say a few words from your word for this moment. And I pray for those who are here who need this word, that they would have ears to hear. Guard us from the evil one. What a deceiver, liar, murderer Satan is. We lift the shield of faith and we take our stand with Jesus. Help us, we pray in his name. Amen. This story about Jesus and Lazarus and Mary and Martha has been for the last four days a remarkable anchor in this family's life. Um, It originated down in Chicago, I believe, and then Evan brought it up and uh, delivered it to the family. And uh, I heard Barbie take wings on this text on Tuesday, and uh, they have chosen this text, not I. But I am very glad they did, because it's so rich for their situation. Six observations to begin with. Uh, very short, as to why and how this text is so unbelievably relevant for this moment. Number one, Lazarus was ill. Verse one, he was mortally ill. Now, a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. So Lazarus and Luke were ill. We're not told what Lazarus' illness was, and we cannot fathom Luke's. Number two. Lazarus' family sent for help to Jesus. Verse 3. So sisters, Mary and Martha, sent to him saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. And the Andersons, the Andersons have done the same. And hundreds of us for months have done the same. Sent to Jesus. Come, come. If you don't come, he's going to die. Number three. Jesus intentionally did not come, as they asked, but let Lazarus die. Verse 6. So when Jesus heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. He did not go as asked. He stayed and Lazarus died and Luke died. Jesus did not come the way we asked. He withheld his mighty healing hand. Number four, shockingly, Jesus calls this behavior of his love. Notice the connection, or listen carefully, to the connection between verses five and six. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Therefore, When he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. He delayed because he loved them is precisely what the text says. You don't have to make it up or do any kind of fancy footwork here. I'll read it again. Most of you do not have Bibles in your laps. You need to hear the word of God. 
Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Therefore, when he heard he was ill, he stayed where he was and let him die. It was love. The risen almighty Christ did not come the way we asked because he loves you. How can that be? The next two observations help. Number five, verse four. Jesus said that this sickness was for the glory of God. When Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God so that the son of God may be glorified in it. Well, that must mean. That the manifestation of the glory of God is the all satisfying treasure of our faith. Is a greater act of love than preventing it. Lazarus death. Jesus did not come because he loved them. And he said the aim of his not coming was the glory of God. Luke Anderson has not died in vain. Others have said it, and they were right. The glory of God is being seen. And it will be seen in more ways than any of you and I know. Number six. In spite of Jesus' choice to let Lazarus die, he wept. Jesus is not a simple person. Verse 33, when Jesus saw Mary weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. He chooses to bring about an unspeakably painful situation. Then he walks into it and weeps. He's a very unusual person. That's why Luke couldn't let him go. These paradoxes are very gripping if you have eyes to see. Today, our sovereign Christ is a sympathetic high priest in this room and in our lives. He knows our grief. He is not a hard master. Though he giveth, Ross read this to us Monday morning. Though he giveth or he taketh, Christ his loved ones ne'er forsaketh. His, the loving purpose solely, to preserve them pure and holy. So it is not hard for you to see why this text has been an anchor this week.
but there are problems. There are questions that seem to threaten the usefulness of this text. This text makes us so strong. It's an anchor. It's powerful. But there are counter-observations. I'm sure Luke had the kind of mind that saw these. Some people see counter-observations and they get stuck on them. There's no one there. Get them through or they try their hardest and they can't get them through. There are counter-observations in this text that seem to nullify everything I just said. And make it useless at first. Number one, there are two I'll mention. The counter-observation, Lazarus did not take his own life. Does that difference undo the relevance of this text and its anchor for our souls? Answer, no. And if I had time, I would give you many deep reasons why it doesn't, but I will give you a few. Very briefly, I want to drive a a biblical stake in the ground here. It's been mentioned. I'm going to drive it clearly and then put a banner on it of hope for Luke. The stake in the ground is this. Christians can commit suicide. Let me say it two other ways. There is nothing unique or peculiar about the final act of life that makes it determinative and validating concerning the nullifying of our faith. There's nothing unique in the Bible about the final act over against all the other acts. Or to say it one other way, the final season of faith, with all of its battles and all of its weakness and all its failures, just picture senility. The final season of faith, with all of its battles and all of its failures, is not the only season of faith that will bear witness at the last day to the truth that we were born again. For example, suppose that tonight in my physical weariness, I come home and all the remaining corruption in my heart rises up in pride and self-pity and arrogance. And I say something really ugly. To my wife. And then in a great self-justifying huff, I walk out of the house, slam the door, get in the car, and recklessly run the stop sign at 18th and 11th and am broadsided by a pickup truck and die. Question. Would I go to heaven? I died because of my sin. 
And I was in the middle of a great ugliness. The answer to that question hangs on this observation. My answer is yes. I believe I am born again. I believe I am a Christian. I believe that I am clothed in the righteousness of Christ, sinner though I be. The question the speaker at my funeral would have to ask is, were the 55 years since he was saved have been hypocrisy? And if not, if there were some evidences of real grace, then probably the preacher would say to my wife, he wishes he could do it over again. But he's home. So my stake that I'm driving in the ground here is that we are justified by faith alone, through grace alone, on the basis of the righteousness of Christ alone, and the seasons of faith are different. Some are bright and some are dark. And the last one is not uniquely determinative as evidence of our new birth. So I'm flying a flag of hope for Luke here. Second counter observation. Lazarus was raised from the dead. Luke is right there in his body. And we pray in heaven. He wasn't raised from the dead. This story doesn't work for you. This story's no good for you. Look. Why are you using this story? Doesn't apply. Be careful. Be very careful. Things are not so simple. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe in heaven? Do you believe that heaven is the happiest place in the universe because of fellowship with God? Do you remember that Jesus said to the thief on the cross, today, you'll be with me in paradise. And that Jesus told a story about a filthy, wicked, rich man and a helpless, poor man. And they both died. One went to the torments of hell and the other went to the side of Abraham in joy. Do you agree with Jesus about heaven? Paradise. If you do, you got a problem on your hands with this text. That's where Lazarus was. No sickness, no sadness, no depression. No loneliness, no sin. That's where he was when Jesus arrived on the scene. And the Bible says that for love's sake, 
for Lazarus, for Mary, Martha, for love's sake, for the watching Pharisees, for every unbeliever in this room. For love of you, God stripped him of his heaven and made him come back, made him get sick again, made him get lonely again, made him face death again, this horrible, horrible, satanic enemy for you, for me, and this family. In the greatest love to the greatest number, Jesus manifested the glory of God and raised Lazarus from the dead, brought him back from heaven, from infinite joy, back to a life fraught with sin, from infinite joy to sickness, from infinite joy to stress, from infinite joy to frustration, from infinite joy to a second death. If if you believe that love triumphed for Lazarus and not for this family? Here's the question you must answer. Which is more painful, leaving heaven to show the power of Christ over death or losing Luke to show the preciousness of Christ over life? My conclusion is, God loved Lazarus and his family and took him out of heaven in order to show the power of Christ over death. And God loved Luke and his family and took him out of the world to show the preciousness of Christ over life. Luke has not died in vain. The glory of God is being revealed. There are some in this room. I say it. With all my heart, there are some in this room who will mark this day forever as the day of awakening to the glory of Christ and give thanks for this moment. Ross, Barbie, Evan, Catherine, Carrie, Robert, Seth, Stephanie, Grandma Westman. Your deepest prayers are being answered. The anchor of this text holds. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I'm praying earnestly now for those who are marginally believers in this room. Who've been questioning you deeply. As we have tried to question you. And you are so patient. Now come. And make this death fruitful. I pray. And come in the months ahead, the hard months where mom and dad will weep every day, month after month, and make it sweet, make it full of hope, 
make it mighty. May the next season of the Anderson family in a tribute to Luke be the greatest season ever. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.